This is your Other Brothers Podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. From the Jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom. I'm so glad you are here. Joining us for this episode from the other side of the state, the city of Oaks, it's our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello. Not much. Good to see you, Tom. (laughs) Way to to change it up. I've never heard you do that. Got to keep it fresh here on the Yobcast. And joining us from the city of Forts with a special new greeting of his own, it's our other brother, Jacob. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and Tom, he just copies really good to see you. <laughs> I was testing your improv skills there. I know, and I failed. Uh, I love improv. We need to do a conversation on improv sometime. Can we please have that conversation? Not right now. I don't feel ready for it, which is ironic. Sure. <laughs> Isn't improv just to be ready for anything? But uh, improv anyway. terrifies me. <laughs> Ooh, let's let's we can't do that. We have we have a jam packed show today. I, I can't <laughs> add onto the list because I'll put I'll tag improv for a future episode with you guys because I would love to talk about that sometime. I'm sure our listeners would as well. Any Who's Line fans out there? Oh my gosh, I can't. This is a that's a 30 minute conversation. <laughs> I can't do it right now. It's a jam packed episode, you guys. We're talking about celibacy today. Yes celibacy it only took us 64 episodes to get here i you know when i was looking at all the episodes we've done i was like how have we never talked about this before it it seems (laughs) bizarre like how did we overlook it (laughs) it was right in front of us all along you guys and here we are 64 episodes later um so we're talking about celibacy i don't know why i said it like that celibacy we're talking about that today um so ryan jacob i'm excited to dive into that with you and it really is a jam-packed show you guys when i was taking notes for this i was like man i'm i'm more conscious than ever of like keeping this show on a train track and not going out to nepal somewhere like we got to stay in the continental u.s um with this show because there's just so much to get to and um we're gonna get to it right away mm-hmm. i think when when you first mentioned this is what we would be talking about i will admit that i was a bit concerned because i thought like what are we gonna say like i just <laughs> couldn't i couldn't think of much of like uh-huh. uh celibacy but then like as i've been pondering it and having like conversations with myself out loud to like get ready for it i went on and on and i and i thought like this is going to be like a five <laughs> hour episode i just picture you in the shower in and going to your cooking meals and sitting yep. in the living room and you're just talking to yourself about celibacy that's I would like love- oddly accurate which i don't know if that's I would- i'm hoping there are there are others out in, in the world can, who also do such things but can i get the alexa video feed on <laughs> that i would love to that see that her and i only mm, okay Ryan, what are your thoughts on us diving into celibacy? This is like the pre, the pre. This is like the pregame show. Like, what do you, what do you think about celibacy as we're as a topic for today? 
You know, I think uh, for a lot of people, sort of the elephant in the room where um, they kind of maybe don't know what to think about it or they're kind of freaked mm. out by the idea. And um, yeah, it'd be good to good to talk about it. Good to uh, figure out what does it even mean? Because, yeah. you know, I don't know. And now it's getting kind of awkward to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up to this podcast. I don't even know what it is really. <laughs> is the elephant in the room the cellophant in the room? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this wow. conversation goes. But before we get to that conversation, um, Jacob, I need to follow up with you on some mm. things because yes, I do, feel Tom. for your poor mother right now Uh-oh. because <laughs> I was told directly by you that while, because on our last episode, to give context, you said that your mother made you your own face masks and that she like sewn a Bible verse on it or something. And like mm-hmm. Ryan and I, Ryan and I said, "Aw, and how cute and how adorable. And that's so great. <laughs> and then I think it might've been a day later. You tell me that you have now submitted an order to unofficial sponsor of the show, pair of thieves. I guess it was like a, 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 a lose win situation. Like on the one hand, mm-hmm. I talked to the viewer or to the listeners about, how I purchased some pair of thieves masks and how they were breathable. And then y'all made fun of me that I was wearing underwear on my face (laughs) and whatever. But then you proceeded to then purchase those like Mm. betraying your mother. And so I just need to follow up with you and understand the thought process. Cause I don't know what was going through your head when this all happened. On the one Mm -hmm. hand, I'm like, I feel affirmed that, that you would take my lead and and follow the path that I took. But then I, I just, empathically feel for your mother who must feel like she's been left in the dust. So <laughs> care to explain yourself. <laughs> Ryan, do you have something to say first? Yeah. We, can I just we... jump in here and say that I too went and ordered some <laughs> pair of these <laughs> face masks. Did you really? <laughs> they are grand. They're my new favorite uh, face masks. Aren't they though? Oh, yeah. Unofficial sponsor of the show, Pair of Thieves, not Mama Baranowski. So let's get to <laughs> Ouch. the son yeah, so to, and see what um, he has to say. So to answer your very harsh question, there comes a day in the life of every young man during a pandemic when he <laughs> realizes that only one mask that he wears everywhere is simply not mm. enough. I think that there, as 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 we had talked about, there there was once a time when this all started where it's like, well, yeah, like we're going to need to wear masks for like a couple right. of weeks. Okay, so, so like she only made you one you mask. Invest? I was um, under the impression well, that she made you like a whole one for every day of the week. So she um she did make make me two. Um, oh, okay. The okay. second one is the fabric is camouflage. <laughs> and so you know, in the camo. I opt to not wear that if I don't have to. You um, did remember to come out to her, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I won't. I won't uh, go into that anymore. But um, yes, I did. I did pull the trigger on the pair of thieves, and it is it is identical to wearing their underwear on your face. Um, but isn't it delightful? Is what it is. <laughs> okay, so yes, I would say, by and large, excellent masks. I don't know if there's something different about my face than your face. Maybe it's because my nose is probably a bit longer and larger than yours is. But I do find myself wishing it was like half an inch or an inch long, like wider, because if if it it can like rest on just the tip of my nose and then it fits under 
my chin or it goes over the bridge of my nose more and then gets like kind of closer to my yeah. mouth. It's just not quite, it's not quite tall enough. And I don't know if perhaps I'm just not, don't know how to wear masks correctly or I have a large Polish face. You just have abnormal dimensions. Features. That's all. Yeah, that's also very, very possible. <laughs> and so that is that is the benefit of a mask custom made by your mother who uh, yeah. uh, uh, birthed me is that she knows exactly how large our faces are. And so hers fits and feels much more comfortable in the fit but the pair of these uh, masks are super soft and breathable and, <laughs> and, they've got and they design. fit like just like over your crotch like it just and it goes is right exactly over your nose. Yeah. It's, it's there's there's uncanny. even a little pouch yeah the pouch I'm not sure exactly. what the pouch is to like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is the pouch? is that so that i can like can i actually poke my nose through the pouch when i need to like uh blow it i don't know yes, i think it's I'd for like, like a think filter so. of some sort like that was, that's that's yeah, what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. surely Pair of Thieves has done some sort of scientific research and they have mm-hmm. engineered some some extra layer in here that is that's what this like pouch is mm-hmm. for. That's that's that was my thought process as well. I also like think that maybe you take like a evergreen tree car air freshener and you mm. cut up one of those and shove that in the pouch oh, there you so go. that you're constantly breathing ever fresh. <laughs> Goodness. Or you could just do some sort of essential oils you. thing where you just like, I don't know, douse a cotton ball Ooh, or something, just yeah, stick it up Tom, there. Tom, just breathe hey, peppermint all day. With all your ideas. I'm excited. These are free of charge to pair of oil. I, Ryan, I'm so glad. This is a complete surprise that just fills me with joy that you have also followed the route of the pair of these face masks. Yeah, and, and I want to put the offer out there that if Mrs. Baranowski would like to make me <laughs> some underwear, um, I would try them out and see whether those are better than pair of these or not. Would you like them to be camo? Um, I would be open to camo. I think the non-negotiable is I definitely want the Bible verse uh, stitched onto mm-hmm. the inside. Yes, yes, praise him. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> love that's that. what Parafuse that so is not offering. That's the value added. That's true. Yeah, it's the personal scriptural touch. That is a huge one that you're now lacking. But, mm-hmm. but I also appreciate touch. the solidarity. Yeah, the solidarity of face masks with you boys is quite, <laughs> quite lovely. <laughs> we just need- I just wait. I just want to, I just find it interesting though that I was very quick, Tom, to let you know that I was making this purchase for some reason though ryan felt the need to keep this Mm. secret and i'm curious to hear more about the thoughts that went into like because you i would assume that you were going to tell us at some point but yet he was saving it for the show right right (laughs) (laughs) sure (gasps) yeah big reveal and it clearly had the impact he thought it would Mm, so i'm so glad that he did that it was great to have both the one that i knew because otherwise i may not have brought this up if if you never told me jacob so thank goodness we you had this so conversation. <laughs> However, I do need to put this out to ther- pair of these because I got to keep them in- accountable. You know, like I'm not going to just throw all this love and adoration, lest you forget the last episode of this <laughs> podcast where they have still yet to update their slim fit boxer production, which as, as a, as a silent protest, <laughs> I was very conscious with my, with my underwear selection today. And you know what I'm wearing right now? 
Mm. Um, warriors and monks or whatever. The sword <laughs> and the and the sword and the stones. I felt really bad for for giving this huge shout out to warriors and scholars in oh, the last episode, and I completely forgot what their logo was. I was like, it's a pen and like something, <laughs> an axe or something. But I can confirm, looking down, it is a it's a sword <laughs> and a pen, and I just I'm so thrilled and pleased with them. But um, but again, the the silence from Pair of Thieves is deafening, and I really would love to hear what they have to say about this. But until then, I'll keep supporting their face masks. But but that's all for now. TB to be C to be continued. I hate to be the one to ask this, Tom, but when you say that you look down and you can see their logo, <laughs> are you telling me that you're not I'm wearing, pants. wearing pants? I am wearing pants. Mm. Yes, but mm. I can see the okay. waistband. Yeah, so oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> I meant to record this episode pantsless, but I forgot. <laughs> we'll have a pantless episode someday. <laughs> How fun would that be? So fun. <laughs> when we do the underwear episode, we should do it pantless. <gasps> That's actually kind of a good idea. That's fun, right? That's festive. That's festive. <laughs> yeah. Dramatic. For all those that are really concerned right now, all of our cameras are from the midsection up from the mid torso up. So that's, that's the visual right now. So everyone calm down, <laughs> calm down everybody. And, um, yeah, so I'm comfortable. I'm lounging on the floor. Once again, second episode in a row, you guys, that I'm sitting on the floor, breaking my streak of like, I don't even know, 20, 30 episodes standing up. I, I love standing up. So this is a brand new experience for me. I forgot to mention in all of the, all of the newness of, of sitting on the floor last time, you guys, that I have this new standing desk that I'm utilizing very well right now. I had this standing <laughs> desk and I built it and I felt so masculine putting it together because it was like a 17 step process of screwing in these things and, and nailing it in and, and adjusting this and swiveling this. And it took me like two hours to put together. And I was so excited mm-hmm. to use it primarily for the podcast. I mean, other things too, just when I'm working, I can stand up instead of sitting down just to vary my, my work uh, postures. But, um, but yeah, now for the podcast to achieve the better sound quality, I've sunk to the ground surrounded by pillows and blankets and it's like my own little, my own little magical fort 12 inches <laughs> off the ground. So, um, so here I am and maybe one day, maybe one day I will stand again, but mm. until that day. Well, like I said, you guys, this is a huge show, jam-packed. We have a lot to get to, starting with our brand new exciting segment that I'm so glad is taking off, and it's our voicemail segment. We have this phone number. We've had it for such a long time, and it's been frozen like urine in space, and (laughs) we now have the ability. People are using it. People are calling, and uh, we had quite the response, actually, to our last episode. Um, We talked about the sex talk and it was like, that was a surprise hit, you guys. We had so much pre, pre-episode conversation in our Yabbers group on Facebook and, and some post-conversation as well. Jacob, you made a comment during the episode. Um, I don't even remember. Why, why were you talking about this? But you were mentioning something like Team Jacob. Oh, yeah. We were talking about New School mm-hmm. versus the Old School cast. Yeah. And we, like, we have you guys on who are Team New School. And then when we have... Um, Dean and Matt on, they've been with me from the beginning. And so that's team old school. And so then you put out there that there's this tangent team, which is just includes you. It's team Mm -hmm. Jacob. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, uh, and you encourage people to call and proclaim their devotion to you. Is that about right? So I, uh, because we had brought up this possible competition between the new team and the old team, I had, postulated that there is a group i think i said like three or four people who are who are listeners who are big fans of me 
and only me. And I wanted them to rally behind me so that episodes that I have the privilege of being a host on can just skyrocket in <laughs> the ratings and what have you. And so I put out the Jacob signal to the internet <laughs> and said, come, come to my aid, one and all. Yes. And I, I, and I, I said there was a, there was a, a remnant of uh, Jacob listeners who exist. So Tom, uh, how many people rallied behind Jacob? And <laughs> Let me in? tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so it's funny. I have to give the journey of this. So I, we received a comment on the blog, which you can go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast and, and read all the comments. But, but this one in particular said, am I the only one that's here because hashtag team Jacob to which I responded. Yep. <laughs> because up until that juncture, I ain't heard nothing about Team Jacob. There was no Team Jacob <laughs> happening. And so this one person put it out there, which was fun. It's a fun comment on our site. We have a lot of fun on our website um, <laughs> from time to time. And then uh, it was like, I don't know, a day or two later, though, I checked the outline. I, I checked the, the voicemail message archive. And lo and behold, you guys... Full of Team Jacob calls. <laughs> this is what I heard. Take a listen. Hey, guys. Uh, I just listened to the most recent... Uh, your other brother's podcast episode, the sex talk episode, and just wanted to reflect on one of the important parts, uh, <laughs> uh, the introduction, of course. And uh, I'm referencing more specifically the uh, the discussion about Team Jacob. Um, so I have to say, I actually resonate with Ryan uh, in kind of being wildly uncompetitive and uh, not super prone to throwing my support behind any one team. Jacob, you seem great. Uh, I'm just not here to uh, to uh, pick one side or the other. But at one point, this term was referenced in the podcast, um, which caught my attention, and that term was Jacob's remnant. And uh, the whole rest of the episode, I, I couldn't help but just keep thinking, that that is a fantastic cult name. Um, to, to the point where I Googled it and found nothing, um, nothing but potential, that is. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's just me here to say, you know, uh, I, I, well, I can't sign up for Keith Jacob, uh, Jacob's remnant. Uh, I mean, Keith posted, you know, is this the next great Your Other Brothers option? You know, the true believers? perhaps, or, you know, that maybe this is the next level of Patreon support. Uh, a new goal to add. Um, <laughs> hey, and more seriously, just wanted to say thank you guys for all you do. Um, I, I so respect and appreciate how you guys use your voices and your stories to encourage and edify your brothers. Um, many, many people are the beneficiaries of, of your wisdom and your ministry, so thank you so much for all the time and effort you guys put into the community. So much love to all you guys. So Jacob, so that's thank you, first of all, to this amazing listener for mm -hmm. calling in, for proclaiming your devotion and for, and for giving us props on the episode. That was like the PS. It's like, oh yeah, that was a great episode. Um, but first let's go to our, our cult leader over here. What does wow. the, wow. the leader of Jacob's this is all taking a really dark turn. <laughs> 
Okay. My, no, my two questions are a, do you know who this person is? Cause he didn't introduce himself and I didn't recognize the voice myself and B it could be the same person who commented on our site. So I'm not sure if, mm. if you didn't or didn't know if it was the same person to which the count of team Jacob would still be at, at one, but it could be two. So, mm. so do you have any thoughts, any feedback on this call? Yeah. So uh, question a, I don't know who this person is. Um, they have become my new favorite person though. So I can <laughs> say that. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I was nervous though at the beginning of their message where they didn't quite seem on board with the whole Team Jacob thing. And I thought that the rest of it would just be like completely bashing me. But I'm thankful that there was something in our last episode that um, sparked such a uh, such energy and passion mm-hmm. that he could he could envision himself being a part of this future remnant <laughs> that will come out of out of from up from the ashes up from as, the ashes just like might, just like you said i mean yeah. jacob's remnant jacob if you ever want to do a side podcast a side thing you yeah. mentioned doing like a new patreon well, tier maybe it's like the next level uh-huh. of bonus yeah. content you can if you want to access jacob's remnant you know 500 Absolutely. a month i if there would be if there, if there would be a way that this could end up increasing the the overall support of this entity then i am all for being like oh if if you reach this x x number then i'll start like making shirts for uh jacob's remnant hashtag jacob's remnant we'll see we'll see if that turns into anything you know sometimes on the show we we say things and we have like funny ways of saying things and they stick you know like our pair of mm-hmm. thieves devotion goes back many, yeah. many, many episodes now. And so we'll see. We'll just have to see if Team Jacob or Jacob's Remnant is something that sticks or if the listeners decide, yeah. no, nope, no. we don't want I think that. It, I think it could be fun if some of this stuck. The idea of me being a cult leader, I do hope that uh, dissipates rapidly. Mm. But like some of this, I I, I mean, I, I, was, I was honest with, with you, Tom, from the beginning that when you first asked me to be one of the hosts, I'm pretty sure that I told you that my long-term uh, mission was to uh, slowly infiltrate and take over Yab from the inside out. Uh-huh. So this is kind of like my uh, coming out party part two to where I start my own uh, <laughs> podcast where I take all of the listeners and the followers for my own. So just want that to be and know, I apologize an open and honest I apologize honest to all the listeners for that harrowing picture that was just painted for you I, <laughs> I'm sorry for the chills that went down everyone's backs as they listened to that that future that possible future mm-hmm. no I'm thrilled that you're here Jacob and um who knows maybe Ryan will get a remnant too maybe we'll all get remnants when this is all said and done who knows we'll see where this thing goes um, so yes, big shout out to that listener. Thank you for calling. Um, I also wanted to give some love to, to this listener, brand new to, to our show and called. So here's what he had to say. Hello, brothers. This is Ryan. I'm a new brother here. Um, just wanted uh, to say hello to everyone. And I came across, uh, uh, I guess, this podcast through the uh, You Are The Brothers website. I had reached out to Eugene on there after reading some of the stuff he had written and um, that proceeded to me finding the Yabbers Facebook group and um, yeah I commented after joining the Facebook Yabbers group Uh, thank you everyone for showing me how our churches should be welcoming every new member of the body you give me hope so thank you to each and every one of you God bless you all and chat soon 
A fellow Ryan. Hello. Another Ryan. Thank you Ryan. for listening and thank you for calling in. It means a lot to us. This is what I wanted to say. So first of all, to Ryan, to the new Ryan that called and support. He's now a Yabber. He's supporting Yab. It's like awesome. Ooh. Awesome to have your support. Um, but I wanted to ask the original Ryan, not that there's only been two Ryans to support Yab, but for the sake of simplicity, um, I was going to ask Ryan Berger when you joined Yab or right around when you joined Yab, had we had a Yab line at the time, would you have called and left your support as this new Ryan did? Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was 99% sure that would be the answer, but I just wanted to confirm. When I first started listening to this podcast, um, you guys were just talking about things that I really wanted to talk about. Um, but I couldn't join into the conversation. I just had to like listen as an outsider. And so I think having to call in and sort of like, sort of join in a little bit would have like driven me crazy. I wouldn't have wanted mm-hmm. to do it just like partially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And that's fine. I, I understand and recognize that calling the job line is not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And maybe that somebody is you. And we actually got some other calls too. Um, one left some feedback on the episode, which I appreciated. And and someone else, uh, it was funny because he. I'm not going to play it because he actually referenced a Yabalog, which is our bonus podcast for our our Patreon supporters, our Yabbers. And he referenced, do you guys remember when I told the story of meeting Stephen Curtis Chapman? That was like oh, yeah. several, <laughs> several episodes ago. So he referenced that that encounter and how he also met with air quotes, the, the viewers, the listeners can't see, but I'm using air quotes around meat. Um, he also met a, um, not Stephen Curtis Chapman, but a, a CCM star in his own right, Mr. Peter Furler of the Newsboys, the bald-headed guy-liner oh. wearing guy mm-hmm. from the Newsboys. And how it was like the exact same thing, like in a coffee shop, you know, like totally secondhand, like no direct interaction whatsoever. <laughs> so I felt very affirmed, um, Thanks to that. Thanks, thanks to that phone call left as well. So, um, so if any of that intrigues you guys to become yabbers and listen to our bonus content, we have so much. Y'all, I met Stephen Curtis Chapman. It was it's a true no, story. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I totally if that met is, him. <laughs> if if that is what it means to meet uh, someone, I have met hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> Own it. Um, so yes, that is our Yablon voicemail segment for today. Please, if you hear something in this episode that you want to respond to, um, something about celibacy, which is what we're about to talk about, um, give us a call, 706-389-8009. I know you already have it programmed in your phones, everybody, because I've been mentioning it so much lately. <laughs> but it's been really fun these last couple episodes to get, to field these calls and to to kind of to to hear voices. It's just special. It's special to hear y'all's voices. Y'all's voices make me smile. So thank you for calling. And I look forward to putting more voices on the show as we continue. Um, before we get to the announcements, though, circling back to our last episode, one last time, we need to include the elder Baranowski brother into this conversation on the sex talk because he had some thoughts to share on this episode. Um, he had this to say after listening to our episode because, Jacob, you revealed some stories from the Baranowski childhood that included him so he Correct. felt inclined to then, you know, provide his side of the story and give some context and give a little elaboration as only, as only Nate Baranowski can do. So, mm. so appreciate Nate for sending in his thoughts, his side of the story. Um, but I actually really thought, you know, this is all silly and jokey, but I actually really appreciated 
his, uh, his feedback, his thoughts on, on the baby boomer generation in particular, because we were talking about, um, yeah, like why were all our parents so weird about sex, <laughs> about the sex talk? What was that about? Why couldn't this just be a normal conversation? Um, but I love what Nate had to say. Nate said this, picture this, our parents lived through a sexual revolution and either did some stuff in quotes or fought back with very strict purity an era defined by sexual curiosity. So our generation had a lot of parents who wanted to shield our curiosities or were ashamed of their own past, hoping our generation would avoid all of that by not exposing us. Isn't that so wild? Do you guys agree with that? Does that jive with you? Because that totally kind of like fits. Like I, I'm like, oh yeah, I, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the only pushback I have is uh, why didn't he call the voicemail? And say that you know what here's okay so here's mm. the deal i asked him for permission if i could read his text because he texted this and he was like sure and then as a follow-up i said or feel free to call the yob line if you'd like to elaborate more winky face and never got that message in the mail and i was mm. i was a little disheartened i'll be honest and i am sorry nate has to find out about this indirectly mm. through the podcast <laughs> i could have just told him why didn't you why didn't you call i wanted to hear your voice but but he um i don't know i guess it's is it fine to say he's a new father is he keeping that private or uh, no, i don't no, know that yeah that he's a new father he, he tweeted about <laughs> it yeah yeah. He, he posts, yeah, I don't want to like put his private life on display, but he's a recently new father, which is exciting. So I understand mm-hmm. that he's probably kind of busy right now. So maybe he just didn't have the time, but he did have the time to send this text, which, you know, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> but then Jacob, something real quick. So this is the last thing Nate, I had to say, because um, I asked him like, because you mentioned on the show that you found out about gay people from your brother or something to the effect of your brother told you that, yeah, gay people, they have lots and lots and lots yeah. of sex. Lots yes. and lots and lots of sex. Um, to which Nate responded, and I quote, I don't remember saying how much sex they had. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> so I what say you, recall. Jacob? Did you exaggerate for the sake of your I mean, remnants? It was to an episode where I was really trying to boost. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been on this kick to boost ratings now to where like if I need to make things up or embellish things, then I'm, I'm going to do it, Tom. So this is all your fault. Yeah. I sensed, I sensed some embellishment there. No, Jacob, Nate did not remember. There's a whole host of things he doesn't remember. (laughs) My goodness. Cause I, I asked him like, so where, where on the streets did you, did you hear this, that, that gay people have lots and lots of sex. And he just flat out said, I don't remember. So, so my thought is, Jacob either lied or, <laughs> or legitimately, or, I mean, those are the only two options, right? Either Jacob that's, lied or he just it. doesn't remember. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll let the listeners decide as oh, always. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> hey, you guys, you know what we haven't had in forever? What, Tom? An Apple podcast review. Oh. And I say that with the admission that we have no app, no new Apple podcast reviews. We do not have any, you guys. We have not had any for several episodes. And while, ma- while it makes me sad, I also need to appreciate the fact that we have acquired 119 of these things. And so I have to wonder, like, how much is enough? You know, is, would 500 <laughs> be enough? Would 1,000 be enough? Would a million be enough? Like, there probably isn't a number that would be enough to satisfy the support that I crave and 
and desire and sometimes need. So, um, so it's been a lesson in, in just being humbled that we haven't gotten any new reviews lately, but, but because I was desperate, <laughs> you know what I did? I went searching for reviews in other places. <laughs> so, <laughs> because you guys, I don't know if anyone's aware, like our podcast is available on so many mediums. I mean, on this alone, some people are listening on Apple podcasts. Hello, Apple people. We have some people listening on Spotify. What's up, Spotify people? We have some people listening through all sorts of other apps like like uh, Podbean or my personal favorite, Overcast. I listen to all of my podcasts on Overcast. Mm. You can adjust like the volume boost. It kind of gives more of a bass to people's voices or, or you can slow and speed people up. I don't like doing that, but that, you have that option. There's also chapters in Overcast. So, um, so our podcast is chaptered now. So if you want to skip all this chit chat and announcements, you can go straight to the, the main topic if you want just by, by clicking on that button. So, um, so there's a lot of great apps out there that our podcast is available on. Um, and there's another one called Stitcher. I tried Stitcher for a time. Stitcher is a great, great podcast app. And so I found this five-star review on Stitcher from a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt bad. Like I I always give all the love to the Apple podcast because that's like where most of the traction goes. Like you want to support our podcast because most, by far the most, you know, vast majority of our listeners come through, through that medium. Um, so I just, but I just felt bad that someone left a five-star review on Stitcher and it's just gone unnoticed for the last year. So I wanted to give some love to artist zero three on Stitcher for writing this five-star review a year ago. And it says a year ago, but it probably rounded. So it could have been like a year and five (laughs) months ago. Who knows? Who knows when this was actually left? Um, but Artist03 had this to say. He said, amazing podcast. These guys are the best. Hearing other Christians talk about the struggles of being side B, not just within the church, but society as well, is so refreshing. And they don't hold back on any topic. The vulnerability and honesty can be heard through each episode. I've just come across them a couple months ago, and I'm so glad I did. Give the guys a listen. So Artist03 just got here a couple months ago which is now like two years ago. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I hope you, you're still with, I hope you're still with us. I hope, I hope you're still listening. And um, yeah, just thanks for, thanks for the love and for the support. It means so much. And we hope that Stitcher is working out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please tell us, give us a call on the Yob line or Ooh, shoot yeah. me an email if uh, you're still listening on Stitcher. And a uh, big shout out to everyone listening on Stitcher. I mean, if you're anyone, anyone who's listening on Stitcher, give me a call. Tell me how the how it's going. Um, wrapping up these announcements, you guys, we're back up to 187 patrons. There's a fun like, you know, wah wah last time when we we went down to 184. But um, Patreon's done all their calculations and gotten everyone's credit cards checked, and so we're back up to 187. 187 patrons, and um, yeah, for those that don't know, we're on we're on this mission to get to 200. Mission 200. Um, we'd love to do the, the convo cast again. And I already have an idea of who our first guest will be when we have the convo casts grand return. So, so it's up to you guys to make it happen. If you've never supported a job and, and you've been curious about it and joining this Yabbers community, now is the time to be one of those 13 people now to get us over the top. So check out patreon.com slash your other bros for more information on that. Um, and before we get into this episode, as always, we need to thank our sponsor, which no, is not Pair of Thieves or Warriors and Scholars, although the offer is ever on the table, especially for the latter now, um, <laughs> to become a sponsor of this show. But um, because we're talking about celibacy and you can't spell celibacy or you can't spell part of it 
you can't, well, let me get this straight. You can't spell <laughs> celebrate without mm-hmm. some of the letters in celibacy. <laughs> and what better way to celebrate than with cake? Thank you, Cake, for mm-hmm. sponsoring this episode of Your Other Brothers podcast. Um, it's just what we do. When we celebrate, if it's a birthday, if it's an anniversary, if it's someone's celibate day, I don't know, celibate anniversary, celib- if it's the anniversary of your call to celibacy, mm-hmm. you get a cake. That's just the norm. That's what you do. So thank you, Cake, for sponsoring all of our celebrations, celibate or otherwise. Beautiful. <laughs> you know, when I give the sponsor read, I look at my co-host and I'm like, please have something to say. say something. Please, res- please respond in some way. And instead I just get, <laughs> that's, that's fun. Let's get to the main topic now is what I see through their eyes. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank you, cake. Um, we'll thank cake again later. So if you guys have something to say about cake at the end of the episode, by all means, um, but yeah, no, for real, you guys, we're talking about celibacy today's, which today, which has taken a long time to get to. And, and I'm kind of surprised that it took this long because we've talked about singleness a couple times. We did a singleness episode back in the day. And I think it was last year around the holidays, we did a holiday singleness, like a special themed episode um, around the season, um, which is close. It sort of skirts what we're going to be talking about today, but there is a difference. And I want to like, delve into those those differences today singleness versus celibacy what the overlap is and and kind of more specifically since we've talked some about singleness in the past let's talk about celibacy today something i'm getting in the habit of doing which i mentioned in our last episode which i love is putting polls in our yabbers group on facebook and i put this poll out to them for this episode asking them do you feel called to celibacy and I left it very open-ended intentionally. I was like, I'm not going to explain what that means. I'm just going to put that question out there. Do you feel called to celibacy? And I put it out there to the singles because we have you know, a good portion of married guys uh, in the group. So I was like, okay, obviously let, they're, they're out of the running. But for the single people, those that are single, um, do you feel called to celibacy? And I gave them three options. Yes, no, or I am open. I'm open to lifelong celibacy or I'm open to marriage one day. Um, and so same as last time. I don't know if Jacob saw the poll because Jacob's in the group. Jacob, are you, are you fresh? Are you, or did you spoil your eyes? Well, <laughs> no, okay. I have, I have uh, not seen it. So I'm, I'm okay. fresh. <laughs> so you're going to participate as well. So yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think? How do you think the numbers fell um, amongst those mm. three options? Um, percentage wise, we had about 50, around 50 or so people cast votes. So I'm curious how many you think um, felt open to either celibacy or marriage, or if they just vote straight, straight voted yes or no called to celibacy. What do y'all think? I'm going to go with uh, 60% said open and then the remaining 40% were split between yes and no. So 20, 20% on yes and no. Okay. What's you, Jacob? I'm going 40% open, 40% yes, 20%. No. One of you was closer than others, than the other, rather. Um, And that person was Ryan. Uh. 64% Ryan were open to either marriage or celibacy. Uh, A solid 25% said they feel called to celibacy. And a scant 11% say Mm. they do not feel called to celibacy. 
So that's how it right, that's how it fell. So I wanted to put that question out to you guys, and then I'll answer it too, of course. Um, is how how would you answer that question? How would you have voted in that poll? I I've struggled always with the uh, with the idea of calling. Um, like, what does it mean to be called? Like, what I know, you know, like, does I don't I don't think that God has ever given me like a vocal calling, like, um, you know, like Samuel in the temple or whatever. Um, but uh, and, and so in a lot of ways, I feel like the things that I'm called to or or like calling in my life has looked like conviction about sin that I feel uh, led or called to repent of and walk away from. Um, like that's when I think of calling, like those are the strongest experiences of calling that, um, that I've experienced, um, in terms of like callings, like, Oh, am I called to live in this area not that area or called to this ministry or that ministry or whatever? Um, often kind of my experience of that has just been, well, uh, I got to pick a direction and start walking, you know? And like, if that turns out to be, um, wrong, I can change directions. And, um, and I think God gives us a lot of freedom to kind of figure things out on our own. Um, and so in that sense, I don't feel called, uh, well, okay. In that sense, I do feel called to celibacy in that, um, in that it's a good direction to start walking and like, I can see how God will work through it and work in it. Um, and it's kind of the, um, just what I've decided to do with my life. Um, but on the flip side, I don't feel a specific calling to celibacy that excludes, uh, th- that excludes marriage in particular, if that makes sense. Mm. Good answer. So how would you have voted? <laughs> that's why that's why I'm that's why I talked for like like five whole minutes because I don't know how to say yes or I'm no. I'm holding from that. you to the fire. I, pick up. I probably would have said open. Um open. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make light of your answer because that was a very well thought out answer. <laughs> uh what about you, Jacob? Yeah, I think I think I would say open too for a lot of the same reasons that Ryan already shared. I have this concern that when we talk about calling, like like you just said, is that it's almost always in this context of like this lifelong, permanent, fixed, never changes thing of how we think about uh, calling in a, in a very uh, grand uh, way. And at, and at times it gets a little bit too um, uh, grandiose, for me um, to where when I would, if I'm going to use the language of called, called to be celibate, I would actually bring it down much more to like the everyday uh, nitty gritty of life to where I would say, if you are a follower of Jesus and you wake up single and you are seeking to, follow him in obedience and purity, then for that day, you are called to be celibate. As simple as that. Like it, in where you find yourself, that is a clear calling 
um, for tomorrow. One of my fears is kind of like when people either say that um, they feel called to be celibate or they feel called to be married in how that actually works out in practical life, I, I become puzzled because I think about a person who let's, let's say answer that poll saying, no, I don't, I don't feel called to be celibate. I feel called to marriage. Um, and then let's say that in God's providence, they actually don't get married for another 10 years. In those 10 years that they are living as a single person, if they're um, uh, seeking to, to, to live the best kind of uh, singleness as uh, uh, God has called them to live, is their life really supposed to look radically different from a, from a person who would say that they feel called to celibacy? So then when it, when it actually works itself out in the uh, practical, I kind of ask myself like, okay, what's, what's the point of knowing that like I feel called to lifelong celibacy or knowing that I feel called to one day be married? Yeah. And, and you sort of bring up an important distinction that I don't think we've hit yet, which is between singleness and celibacy. Like what's the difference between those? And it sounds like we both, or we all sort of, uh, see the difference in that singleness is, um, is a state that kind of anyone that, that we're kind of born into by default and more than 50% of us die in. And then celibacy is kind of this like decision or this commitment, this like, um, uh, a destination to arrive at with your singleness or with your sexuality. Um, and you make sort of a commitment to it or vow or something to it. Uh, does that sound right? Yeah. It's circumstantial. Yeah. It's circumstantial versus vocational, right? Something that's just the mm -hmm. way it is, whether you're not dating, not getting married or you did get married and then you became widowed or divorced or, or whatever. Like, so there's, there's circumstances that cause singleness versus celibacy, which is something you are actively choosing. And, and from my understanding, it's something you're choosing, not just like, Oh yeah, for five years, for 10 years. Like this is something that people are choosing to the end. And that's kind of the, the crux of the conversation is like, do any of us feel that? And I, to add my sense, cause I haven't answered the question yet. Um, I first heard this question. Well, I mean, I guess I've heard that phrase called the celibacy or called the marriage. I've heard those competing phrases for, for years and years and years now. Um, but I never even, like, I've just always looked at my singleness and my celibacy as circumstantial, both of those, um, my whole life. And it really, really wasn't until like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, actually, um, that I was in counseling. And my counselor actually point blank, you know, because I told him, you know, <laughs> God only knows the things I told this man, but I told him so much. And um, he looked me in the eye and was like, do you feel called to celibacy? Because he knew my beliefs and he knew my sexuality and knew all that. And he just put it in words that no one's ever asked me directly before. Do you feel called mm. to celibacy? Because um, he was very familiar. Like he had such an eclectic background. He was very familiar with um, the Catholic church and, and different... Um, monasteries. He'd visited so many monasteries and was very familiar with hashtag monk life. He just had, yeah, he just had a lot of, he had a lot of knowledge about uh, vocational singleness. Um, and so I told him like, no, I don't, I've never like similar to what Ryan said and, and what Jacob was echoing. Like I've never felt the, I've never seen the light from heaven or, or heard the voice in the night 
like little Samuel. Can you imagine little Samuel getting the call to celibacy as like a little eight year old? That'd be so cute. Um, but I've never, I've never gotten that call. I never, never heard the phone ring, uh, to give me that message. And, um, and that's fine. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Maybe that'll change five years from now, 10 years from now. Maybe I will feel a call to move in that direction. Cause, cause right now I would also vote in the open category, very open to marriage, very open to it, even though I've never dated a girl and have no desire to in the near future. Um, I've heard plenty of, I've heard too many stories in our community where that was their mindset too. And then all of a sudden it just kind of one thing led to another and it happened. And so, so I'm open to it. I'm not actively seeking it, but you just um, used the language of like, if, if you did receive that call, if you received that call to celibacy that you would move, move in that uh, direction. I guess my, my question is how would like, what does that moving in, in that direction change about the way that you're choosing to live now? I think it would remove, I mean, obviously I would continue to not have sex. That would be, that would be a thing (laughs) for sure that would manifest. Um, I don't know. I think it would just, it would, it would remove a lot of like mental, I wouldn't even say energy that I'm reserving for marriage, but there is a part of my brain and a part of my heart that is reserving some space for that. Like I'm open to it. Mm. Right. And so Mm. the fact that if I felt called to celibacy, if I felt, felt like that's, yeah, God wants me to be single and celibate and, and, love him and love people the rest of my days, no longer would I have to be distracted by that concept of getting married and more, more, more prominently for me becoming a father. Like I think, although that's another rabbit trail, cause I could be a father if I wanted to be single, but that's, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. whole nother thing. But, but that's kind of the bigger pull for me is like the concept of a family of creating my own family, um, biologically versus, versus chosen family, which we've done a, a topic, we've done an episode on that. And we've talked about chosen family and there's beauty and, and merit to both. Of course, there's not one that's better than another, but um, yeah, I don't know that it would change a whole lot personally, but it would just kind of make it clear. It would make a clearer story that, okay, I'm not, I'm no longer even entertaining this idea. Cause I just feel like God is so strongly spoken. Be single, be single and be content in that. And there'll be hard days. Sure. There, there absolutely will be, but lean on me, lean on your fellow brothers and sisters and, and, go, go love. So yeah, a friend of mine told me recently he was going to start praying, praying about whether he was like called to celibacy and, and kind of my question for, for him, but also I was wondering like, what's my answer to that question. Um, but my, the question was like, what does it cost you to like leave that open? You know, like, what is it, what are you getting by making this decision, making this commitment? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, like, like you said, where you're at right now, Tom, of kind of reserving the space in your head or your heart or your life for marriage. Like that's where I was like right out of college where, you know, I wasn't buying any kitchen stuff because I was like, well, this is stuff people put on their registry. So, uh, so I better not like just go ahead and buy kitchen stuff better not buy dishes or whatever. And then I realized, uh, you know what? Like if I want to buy dishes, I'm going to buy dishes. And so maybe that was my commitment to uh, celibacy. Was, yeah. Wifey will just have to deal. Right. She will take my Sufjan plate collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, um. so I could see like if, if you're a person who just doesn't, uh, who, who has that kind of, like you have to have decisions made about your life. Um, like if that benefits you in some way, I could see that mm. sort of explicit commitment being valuable, but, 
for me and I guess my personality is that like it costs me a lot to make decisions. <laughs> and so like why, and it costs me nothing to just leave it open. And so that's kind of like why I haven't really gone through that process of like trying to discern a calling about, about celibacy or marriage. I wanted to sprinkle in some perspectives from our yobbers because in addition to voting in the poll, they also had some comments, some other, some more good discussion. We were on a roll, you guys, these last few episodes, some really great discussion happening in the yobbers group about these, these episodes before we record them. Um, so these are from two openers. I'm just going to call them openers because they voted open in the poll. Um, and I resonate with a lot of what each of them had to say. Um, the first one said, I feel like saying, quote unquote, I'm called to celibacy is taking away the possibility for God to work in my life toward a potential marriage and hopefully kids. So I'm trying to find the balance between believing that God can make me a husband someday if that's his will. But if not, my life will be fulfilled either way because Jesus is the only one I really need. Um, and we'll talk about, because I don't want to denigrate people who feel called to celibacy as if they've like um, they've like given up on that option, like God's not going to provide them a wife or something because that's a legitimate calling as well. And that's not what this person was trying to get across. I'm just clarifying that. Um, but we had also this other comment. Um, this person said, I don't feel that I've ever really felt an actual calling from God to be married. It's funny because for so long, I thought that marriage was how God was ultimately going to end up using me to bring glory to himself through turning my story of brokenness, shame, and desperation into a story of healing, freedom, and hope. I always envisioned myself being able to one day share my testimony with others with my wife sitting by my side. I thought, how could my story possibly be inspiring to anyone without God allowing me to have a wife and kids in the end? I realize now that God doesn't need me to be married to use me or my story to encourage others. I've also come to realize that just because I don't feel God calling me to marriage doesn't mean that he's then by default calling me to a life of celibacy. Right now, I believe God is calling me to be content and to completely place my trust in him for my future. I don't know if I'll ever be married or not, but I trust that God will place that desire in my heart when and if he wants that for me. And amen. I just love, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I love our, I love all of our yabbers equally. Y'all are all my, like my children that I don't have <laughs> because I'm celibate. Um, but no, I just love, love the thoughts, love the perspectives for the feedback. Thanks you guys for commenting. And um, yeah, I kind of feel, I feel that way. Like I hesitate to, to choose a vocational celibacy because then I, but cause then I second guess myself. I'm like, well, wait, what if I'm like, canceling out God potentially wanting to do something. I'm just like closing that. But then it's like, it's, it's, it's paradoxical because if I feel called by God, that's not my choosing. That's what I feel God choosing for me and telling me to follow. So, so then therefore marriage wasn't even on the table anyway. So, um, so it's, it's all, it's all, it's, it's a little confusing, but also kind of not, um, I'm really regretting, you know, for all the prep work I did for this episode, I'm really regretting not reaching out to one of our 25% yesers who said they are called to celibacy because like what i should have just at least messaged a few of them and said like hey like you mind just sending me a sentence or two like how, how what do you mean how do you feel called do you like do you just pray about it for a long time did you like talk to a mentor a pastor counselor and you kind of pieced it together over time or or was it a flash of light was it a a, a phone ringing like what what was it i'd be curious to kind of learn what does that call look like because i wish i wish i had a firsthand perspective to share but alas i do not yeah, so if you've been called, you can give us a call and yeah. uh, let us know. <laughs> Good segue. Yes. Love it. That's why Ryan's on the show so much, you guys, just for <laughs> reasons like that. Um, that was beautiful. Um, to break up the tension, you guys, because this is a heavy topic, this is a deep, serious topic. Um, someone in the group also commented, 
Um, can we talk about how Yoda was celibate for over 800 years? <laughs> <laughs> to which, to which I then responded, yeah, wait though. Wait until wait until Disney fills in the gaps of his storyline, mm. though. We're gonna get like th- thirty-seven yeah, wives and five hundred children over the last millennia. Just wait for that. I do find that I that I I wish that the call, or at least something like the call to celibacy, was was more as more of a normal thing to where it does feel like it has to be such like unless you have been visited by an angel who has. Uh, verbally told you like you will be celibate <laughs> that's that's the only way like it's such a i think it's, it's seen as such kind of a like a uh, rare possibly kind of like weird way to live or like way to be called and i that is simply not biblical and i don't i, I wish that it was uh something that um even if that kind of like became sort of the default for uh christians of like that's kind of what everyone sort of assumes and but then some might possibly uh uh be married and as uh paul says you know what to to then uh get married is not a sin i've noticed that celibacy can be pretty stigmatized um like it's just sort of this weird like incomprehensible inscrutable uh thing to to be um i remember the first revoice conference a few years ago uh, i took a i took an uber somewhere and um and i don't oh yeah i remember this story tell it again yeah (laughs) and i don't remember how uh, i got talking to or i'm sorry it was lyft not uber in case it matters Um, (laughs) uh, another unofficial sponsor of the show (laughs) i don't remember how uh we got to talking about uh, this about celibacy because I didn't tell the Lyft driver that I was here for a Christian conference about, uh, about, uh, LGBT people, um, not having sex with each other. And, um, yeah, just, I'm like, how just in the world like, did you get to that conversation if that's not your starting point? Cause that was my thought. I was like, I'm here for a conference. What's yeah, the conference yeah. about? Oh, we're a bunch of Christians. Well, I might have said a Christian conference. Have a traditional belief. Um, I, I think I said it was a Christian conference and then he started talking about the Catholic church and about how, um, how the, uh, child molestation, uh, epidemic or whatever happening in the, in the Catholic church is because, uh, because all the priests are celibate and if they could just, uh, have, have more sex, um, that would cure or them any sex of, or any sex that would cure <laughs> them of, um, of whatever is, is causing them to molest children. And, um, and like, I was just like, wow, I don't even know like where to start with that. Like, it's just a I've star of, lift know. review right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Great conversation. You know, there's like the sub options on Lyft and Uber. You can say great conversationalist or clean car or awesome great. music. That's clean a great conversation. Weird right views there. on celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> First that uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah I remember so you telling like, me this story. There's stuff like that. And then the, uh, if you've heard the term incels, which uh, stands for involuntary celibacy. Oh, is this, um, is this sort of like, far right internet demographic that um it's uh 
men who um, who have determined that they are quote involuntary celibates, and it's kind of like the world, culture, women, whatever, have conspired against them to just prevent them from having sex oh, because yes. they're not like uh, they Worthy don't happen enough. to be genetically perfectly good looking, right, and, and in shape or whatever. Like they feel um, they feel owed sex, but they're not getting it, right? And so they're they're celibate by default because the women aren't just throwing themselves upon them. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot going on there, but I think one, like one thing to point out is that the reason why they see celibacy as this like um, living hell is because our society, our culture hasn't really given people much of an imagination for how your life can be good and beautiful and meaningful without sex or romance. Right. And it can be, you guys, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Are our lives not beautiful and meaningful without it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we laugh and we joke, but, <laughs> and then we cry. Well, and so then I wondered, am I a, a Volsal, voluntary celibate? So, Ooh. Volsals rise up. <laughs> <laughs> All cells rise. <laughs> um, we laugh and we joke and then we cry. Um, I had this question though, because another Yabber had this question. Do you struggle with the idea of celibacy? One word answers, please. No. <laughs> I do not. Sorry, is the question I would assume, do I personally struggle with it or just as a concept, as a, as a whole? Do you personally, because we're personal here at your other brother's podcast, do you struggle with celibacy, Jacob Baranowski, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, or a monthly basis, or a yearly basis? Yeah, I say I would say that I. Because you mentioned in the past that you a, uh, uh, by yearly basis. Yearly basis, okay. Because <laughs> I know you, Jacob. You mentioned on the show. I forget what episode it was. Well, what episode would that have been? I don't even know. Intimacy or something. But you've you've mentioned a couple times actually. I think that I think what you want in a sexual relationship is just like that level of intimacy that's reserved, like it's special, it's sacred, it's, it's unique. Um, it's not something you typically would have with lots of people. I mean, some people do. And you go on the Mari show, as we know from <laughs> my right. childhood, that people have right. lots of sex with lots of people. But I'm um, not the father. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know you've mentioned that for, for yourself. And so I could see how, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, I mean, I could be that- hard. I think that when you when you pose the question, do you struggle with celibacy? You're also you're in a sense asking like, do you struggle with not having sex? I would say that by and large, I don't uh, struggle with not having sex. Do I struggle with a lot of the the other relational realities that come with being married? Yeah, for sure. Um, would would sex be a part of that yeah it would but like when it comes to what when i think about being uh celibate and what that means just from like a like a physical point of view like no that's not that's not the biggest uh issue that i wrestle with and i mean we're such a diverse community because like you have me on the other side who's like you know i've never felt that inclination really the physical sexual inclination for another person and then you have plenty of other people in our group who 
Like that's a legitimate thing. Like there, there were people I, I kind of wanted to get their stories too, actually the people who said, no, I am not called to sell this Lee. Um, and to figure out why, or to, or to, to kind of dig a little deeper to, to into their psyches and their perspectives, because, um, you know, cause I, for whatever reasons, I have no idea, but I know that there are plenty of people in our group who are just extremely, um, sexual, whether they've had sex in the past once, twice, many times, multiple times, or if that's just like something they think about long for constantly, um, to a degree that I don't understand and, and can't relate with. Um, I know that the, there are plenty of those stories represented in our midst too. And so we are all across the, uh, the spectrum on this, as far as desires for sex and, and the feasibility of celibacy. Cause I see celibacy as quite feasible, um, for myself for the rest of my life. Now, granted that comes with challenges, like from beyond the physical sexual component, it's like the challenge of more companionship and family and, and especially in the later years, like what does my life look like then as a, as a single person, but, but who's to say I, I get married now and then my spouse dies in a car accident a year later and then, mm-hmm. and then I'm single again. So like, um, ultimately we're all going to be single again in, uh, in the next life. And so it's like, okay, there's, there's singleness from dust. We were singleness and dust. We were born and to singleness, we will go <laughs> to the playing harps on clouds. Right. Is that how the story goes? Yeah, that's it. So I have a question for you guys. Um, I tweeted this (laughs) a while ago, and I think it resonated with a lot of people, uh, but it made at least one person pretty upset. So I thought it'd be a good question to throw out here. Is is celibacy queer? I think celibacy (laughs) kind of like, there's a place under the queer umbrella of uh sexual deviancy um for celibacy is celibacy queer i love that question jacob why don't you answer it absolutely i would say yes it is but it should not be the Mm. end oh interesting okay I love that answer. Yeah, I, I feel because here's the thing: when I think about celibacy, and when I think about my counselor with all of his monk friends in the monasteries, I can't help but wonder. The secondary question is, what are all of those guys' sexual orientations? Like, give me a ballpark. Is it fifty-fifty, fifty percent straight, fifty percent gay, thirty-three percent mm-hmm. bi? Like, what what is the what's the layout of these people's sexual orientations that maybe wasn't the defining reason or decision for their vocation, but, but inevitably played some part in it. They had to reckon with something in their sexual orientation to choose a lifetime of celibacy straight or not. And so I just am curious because my inclination would be that a majority, if not a vast majority of them, and maybe I'm just completely mistaken, that a vast majority of them would be some level of attracted to the same sex and that this is something they felt God leading them into as part of a way to reckon mm-hmm. with that and to live in community with, in brotherhood with, with fellow believers. And so um, I just, I'm curious, I'm curious, like, I want to talk, yeah. Can I talk to a perfectly straight monk and get his perspective on the show? Because I would love to hear mm-hmm. his, like his journey of getting there because my first inclination is, yeah. An answer similar to Jacob's is that it feels more of a queer like it comes from more of a queer background, has more of queer layers to it than, than not. And that mm. theoretically it shouldn't be like straight people should have the exact same option to choose that as well as gay people. Like anyone should have the same 
equal option to choose marriage or celibacy, but why is it, it feels, that's just like totally a gut feeling. I have no scientific research or anything to back this up on no studies or, or polls. Maybe they're out there. I don't know, but like, Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that would be my answer too, is that it, it does feel more of a, of an SSA thing, a gay thing, a queer thing than, than not. Okay. So you would say it sort of like has this resonance with, yeah, for uh, sure. With queerness because, because of the people who we speculate wind up pursuing celibacy. Yes. Pure speculation, pure gut feelings. But, but I feel like Jacob and I were both very intuitive people and our feelings should count for everything. (laughs) Yeah. Amen, Tom. Um, I think like where, what I've thought about this is that like queer, queer means like transgressive of culture or society in some way. Um, Like that's, or with your sexuality. Like if your sexuality is transgressive of society, that seems like it's pretty commonly accepted that that's what queer means. Um, And, and I think celibacy is transgressive of society and culture. um, Like the, the culture we live in. Because it is very unusual. It is very like kind of um, outside of what's commonly acceptable. You know, it's not like suburban, um, tame suburban uh, application of your sexuality. I could see how like celibacy being a decision you make maybe makes it something a little bit different from like having a queer sexuality where it's not really a decision you make. It's um, just sort of like an emergent property of, of your personality or your mind or your heart or your body in some way. Um, So I can see like maybe there's a disconnect there, but I think the per the people who were, or the person, at least one person who was upset about this idea was more um, defensive of the idea of kind of something, uh, something that's like they perceived as like goody two shoes sort of invading the, um, like the queer space, the queer umbrella, um, which was uh, offensive to them. But I would say that like celibacy, if you've been in the church for a while, it's not really, uh, I mean, if you've been in like the same churches that I've been a part of, it's not always like a goody two shoes, like doing what I'm told kind of, um, kind of act. Good thoughts. Look, I come with my polls and Ryan, you're coming in with your tweets. This is amazing. We're doing all kinds of research and putting it out there and seeing seeing what the people have to say. I, I love that. That was such a great, such a great question. Um, well, look, to close things out, you guys, uh, I figured we should dive into the good book, the, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Because um, it's the book for me and for you. Uh, Preach. And I wanted to focus... <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to focus on two passages. Jacob referenced one of them. Um, we'll look at Paul and what he had to say. But I wanted to go all the way back, you guys, all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of time, um, to a little garden you might know as Eden. And uh, I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on this on this verse, Genesis two eighteen, and how that relates with your life, your journey, your celibacy, your celibate status. Um, if you see any connection, correlation, connection whatsoever. Um, but in Genesis 2.18, God says it is not good that man should be alone. And so then he then created a woman to go with man. Um, have you ever looked at that verse and that concept of man and woman in the garden? Um, you know, people will interpret that 
so many ways. That's where we get so many divergent beliefs about mm. sexuality and and marriage and whether God blesses it, condones it. When we're talking about same-sex marriage, same-sex unions and sexual relationships, um, it all like centers around that word alone. Like, okay, what does it mean to be alone? Alone as the only one of your kind in the human race, alone having someone there with you alone. And then you can keep carrying it levels and levels further, like alone sexually, alone creating life and having children to, to make yourself less and less alone. And so, I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on being single and celibate at this stage in your journey? Like, do you feel alone? Do you have 20 minutes to listen to me rant? <laughs> we have about, about 30 right. seconds. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, in 30 seconds, I would say that... Um, what would you tell this, your Lyft driver going from one traffic light to the next? There you go. This idea comes with the first commandment, which is be fruitful, multiply. Um, and then later on, we see that commandment um, transcended and superseded by the Great Commission of go therefore and make disciples uh, among the nations. And in that commandment, Jesus is kind of like saying, look, the kingdom of God no longer spreads through biological reproduction, but through spiritual reproduction. Um, and so I think that this concept of it's not good for Adam to be alone is true in that moment. And God's solution to that is a woman, Eve. But, um, but that reality is transcended and superseded by... Uh, by the spiritual community, the spiritual family that Jesus establishes. Um, and so to answer your question, to the extent that I have spiritual family, that I have connection with my spiritual family, I do not feel alone. Now, does that always uh, work out in the ways that I long for? No. And so sometimes I do feel alone. Um, but I don't think that uh, but I don't think it has to be that way. Yeah. You can feel alone. You can feel lonely. And those are valid and legitimate. Mm. But as we say on the tagline of this show, Brian, you know, you are not alone. Even right. the, well, I can't spoil it for everyone. If this is your first time listening, I don't want to spoil the ending. But but yeah, no, I, I totally track with you there. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't think I could say that in a a better way. I'm... Boom. Then don't very, stop. Uh, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. But, <laughs> but, but I always, I always, I always have a but. Sorry. It'll be a really fast but. I think that um, if there's, if there's any fear that that like uh, goodness of, um, of not being alone is only connected to marriage and uh, 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 sexual intimacy, all that you need to, to, to do is look to Jesus who, who lived a perfectly full and good, good life and is our example of the mm. pinnacle of humanity. Mm -hmm. He was a single celibate man. And so we can, we can take uh, comfort of that. If, if that is true, then we can trust that it is, um, it is possible to live a, a good, a good life, um, of, uh, uh, flourishing, even if you are celibate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, who looks, who looks at the life of Jesus and, and, and comments and said, you know, what would have made his life better or more fruitful or more productive or more inspiring 
he got a wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had yep. seven kids, no, 12 kids to be biblical or seven. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, no, Jesus is such a great example. And I love that. It's not like you can't use the Jesus cop out because there are plenty of other examples too. Like you look at Paul, you look at a majority of the disciples. I don't know. We don't necessarily know for sure all of the disciples, but I would imagine just based on records that we have, that it's like a majority of the disciples seem to have lived single presumably celibate lives um, along with others in scripture too. And so there are examples in scripture that, that point to the idea, the notion, the as, as crazy as it is in 21st century America today, that you can be single celibate and incredibly fruitful, productive and, and to live an inspiring full life. Like that's totally within reach. Um, I love Jesus, you guys. Do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. <laughs> I love yep, Jesus. I love weird Jesus too. But I also love <laughs> regular Jesus. Um, Jesus had this to say in Matthew 19. I love his answers to people. People, His answers to people are so great. I just love it. So he's talking to people and they're having this dispute. They're having this discussion about like Mosaic law and marriage and divorce um, in the old, what we know as the Old Testament. Um, and so it, In Matthew 19, verse 10, it says, the disciples said to him, Jesus, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it's better not to marry. And Jesus said to them, not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. And I love that. It's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it is better. Maybe it is better if you're just going to get divorced, if that's like a thing that could happen, or you think it's too hard, or you can't commit if you find a reason to divorce other than sexual immorality, essentially, then um, maybe, yeah, maybe it's not, maybe it's better you just... You just don't do it. Don't get married. <laughs> That's Jesus saying that. Um, which, man, I wish I heard that more in church. I don't think I ever hear that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is saying, maybe it's better that you don't get married. You, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear weird Jesus giving a great sermon about this, but also regular Jesus right here. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, weird Jesus is a reference to one of Ryan's pastors. You just got to, you got to, you had to have been there. Go back and listen to yeah. that episode. Yeah. It was so great. <laughs> Shout out, shout out to, uh, to Pastor Matt for uh, Pastor his, Matt. his incredible yeah. rendition. But then in that same, I'm not going to read the rest of that because he goes, Jesus goes on for a little bit and he talks about eunuchs. Do you guys have any thoughts on eunuchs? I know we have, we're running out of time, but have you learned anything? Have you, because I'll admit, I don't know much about eunuchs. I, this is a, this is where I have blinders on. I don't know a whole lot. I did not do a deep dive into eunuchs, but do you guys have any insights, perspectives on, on on eunuchs because Jesus references them in the same conversation. Yeah. Do you have a uh, 25 minutes? Can oh my know? gosh. No, I'm going to need 20 <laughs> minutes also. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have a eunuchs episode. You guys. Ooh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> episode. I bet, I bet the others would vote for that. Eunuchs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm intrigued by it. I would, I would, uh, this would be one a topic that I would have to because I don't want to just t- start talking about eunuchs acting as if I know what I'm talking about because I don't I honestly don't that's I'm just being upfront and real. Um, I would love to learn about it though, and that could be fun to like do some legitimate prep work on because I mm-hmm. prep every episode, but that would require way more of a of a deep dive than than a lot of our episodes. So I don't know if y'all ever want to do a eunuchs episode, <laughs> let me know. Call now the online, give us everybody. Some time to uh, yeah, figure out if we can get a eunuch voice on the show. To <laughs> share. Yes, I would love love to have a eunuch on the show. That would be fantastic. But I wanted to close the episode 
or one of the things I wanted to close the episode with was what Paul had to say in first Corinthians chapter seven. Um, Paul said this now as a concession, not a command. I love Paul too. I love how Paul words certain things. He says, now as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all were as myself, as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And that's Paul's words. Any thoughts on our brother Paul? I think that I actually tweeted this once is that I would have the most incredible. Yeah. uh, I would have the most incredible respect for any couple who has that passage read (laughs) at their wedding. I think that that would be incredible. (laughs) Cause then they're saying like, no, we were burning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and like almost, almost degree. And and like have (laughs) the pastor give kind of like one, uh, final chance of like, hey, like right now it's not too late. Like you don't have to uh, do this. Like you could you choose to be single. Can yeah. you handle it? You don't have to. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the presider asks the, the man, are you burning with passion? And he says, I am. And then <laughs> yeah, she asks the woman, are you burning with passion? And she says, I am. I am. I am. Yes. And then, and then, they get and then yep. as we referenced in yep. the last episode, then we all know that, that are watching, we know they're about to have sex <laughs> in like five hours. Give them some time but they'll mm-hmm. get there. You know, I, th- I, I've talked to people who are um, in this place of wanting to have sex with someone of the same sex, but not feeling like they have the, uh, the moral liberty to do that. And, um, and they look at this and say like, well, I'm burning with passion, but just not for a woman. So like, what is mm-hmm. this, what does this passage have to say to me? Like mm-hmm. this doesn't call sure. me to singleness because uh, because I am indeed burning with passion, but um, but the passion I'm burning with isn't going to be like uh, somehow addressed by marriage to someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. To which I think I would I would say that more often than not, the burning passion to to have uh, sex um, is not actually the root of that. Uh, uh, feeling that there are so many uh, deeper emotional realities mm-hmm. that are happening to where I would I would uh, venture to guess that 98% of the time um, having sex would actually is not going to be what um, helps to cease those yeah. anxious feelings and that uh, kind of burning. Agreed. And so then the question is why uh, why does Paul prescribe marriage in that situation? Which I think is, I think that is um, one of the reasons of why like the, the way that he talks about it and sets it up, it's almost like this is the last resort kind of thing. It's like this is, I'm not actually putting this... Uh, uh, forward is what should be uh, typical, but 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 if you have run out of options, that this is this is an option. Like this is a like if you're gonna yeah. do the nasty, you might as well just be married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like and, and actually, I like I I I I know some uh, uh, couples who have been super honest about their um, 
uh, dating life and like the ways that they've uh, chosen to to interact that like they actually chose to get married earlier than what they um, might have as a as a means of actually being obedient to a passage like mm. like this. Mm-hmm. We have somebody, I mean, I won't name the name, but we have somebody who comments on our blog semi-frequently. Um, and this, I would, I would venture to say this passage resonates probably a lot with him is that, you know, someone attracted to the same sex and, and definitely feels more of that sexual drive, you know, certainly compared to me, probably compared to a lot of people. Um, and then got married to a woman and feels that sex drive, that, that passion, that burning, whatever you want to call it, um, feels that adequately expressed and contained. So, um, so I'm sure that, that, so that's that passage I feel such a disconnect with, cause I have no idea what Paul's talking about burning with passion. What does that mean? Um, I, I ain't been burning for that, but, uh, but a lot of people do and a lot of people have, and a lot of people would, would use that as great counsel for their lives and, and point to their, yeah, their marriages as, as a fulfillment of that, of, Paul's admonition, but, but I just love the realness of that. Like, cause again, this is not something that you hear in church. It's not something I heard in church growing up that like Paul's almost recommended default state is singleness. And oh yeah, if you get married then okay, cool. Great for you guys. But, but I would prefer if you just not, and you can't argue with the fact that Paul was, you know, super impactful and no doubt had all that extra energy and, and just had more of a mindset toward Christ. Not that you can't be, again, not to like, throw shade on the married people. Of course you can follow Christ and do things for him and serve him well as, as a couple, like I'm not saying that at all, but, but it's just an interest. It's just different. It's a different type of wiring, a different type of proclivity when you're single or when you're celibate. Yeah. And I just want to throw out there for our younger listeners, um, just as a practical Shout matter, out to the teenager I would say, yeah. Um, <laughs> the zoomers, um, I would say don't confuse, uh, man, I kind of want to have sex with a burning passion that, uh, that calls you to become married. Um, because I don't think you have to be, uh, to be asexual to, mm-hmm. uh, to experience a good celibacy. That, and I think that if, that if you want to get an, an honest and real look into how, um, for lots of married people, they're, uh, sexual longings are not always are not always met. I think we we mm. we have this very false idea, and I think this comes this happens much more with men. I think that like oh, once I get married, I'm having all the sex I could possibly want. I will be completely satisfied in in every every urge, every longing that I could ever have, and that's simply not true. And that's and that's a lie that um, I think that people find out once they get married and it causes a lot of conflict. Well, y'all let's close with this question because this is the crux of it all. One of our yobbers asked this question and I thought this would be an amazing slash impossible way to end the conversation, but we're going to try, we're going to do our very best. Um, and he asked this, what does healthy sexuality look like for a celibate gay Christian? I can't pretend my sexuality doesn't exist. So how do I express or experience sexuality if I'm unmarried and abstaining from intercourse? I feel like if I had a good 24 hours uh, warning, I could come up with a pretty pithy uh, response to this. But uh, on the spot, I would say that my sexuality is more than just uh, 
the act of sex. And so if I'm not, and, it, and it's more than just things that lead to the act of sex. And so I think to, I can express my sexuality rather than repress it um, in my celibacy by, um, by letting, uh, letting my sexuality inform, uh, inform my same sex relationships. Not that I'm trying to like, um, get in all my guys, guy friends pants, but realizing that like, um, the way I see them, the way I care for them, the way I like them, um, is gonna, is gonna be kind of suffused with my sexuality and, um, and the way I interact with them, the way I pursue them, the way I love them is part of expressing my sexuality, even though, uh, even though I'm not having sex or trying to have sex with them and would choose not to given the opportunity. Amen. Yeah. Well said. I think if you can make that distinction, like sexuality, like, yes, the desire to have sex, that's part of it. But yeah, there's so many elements when you start to dive into what is sexuality and sexuality. We, we talked about a little bit in our sex talk episode. It's kind of a fun segue to go from the sex talk to, to celibacy from these back-to-back episodes. But um, like the essence of, of, of sexuality, it's like connection. It's connecting with, with mm-hmm. kind of what's lacking or what I feel I'm missing or, or some kind of other. Um, and so human connection, that's for me is what I always return to when I think about how do I health, healthily express my sexuality. It's, it's healthy connection with other men and it's not going to be a sexual relationship. Um, and there may be times in my life I've yet to experience it, but there may be times in my life where a sexual desire kind of emerges, but at the core of it, like it's more of just a desire for intimacy, a desire for closeness, a desire for, for maybe more of an ongoing regular connection than sometimes the other party can, can adequately offer, but, um, but it's just being in strong connection and, and not feeling like I'm on some Island somewhere disconnected from the other male, from the male species of which I am included. Like I've had, it's been a long journey, honestly, of feeling like I am included. I am a man. I am part of this tribe, even though I have lots of different proclivities and personality quirks or, or what have you. But, uh, um, to feel included and to, to make efforts to include because inclusion doesn't necessarily just come to you. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times you have to put forth the effort to connect and reach out. And, and sometimes it means being burned and sometimes it means being, um, not feeling reciprocated, but, um, to put yourself out there because that's, that's important to do. And that's been, that's been a huge part of my journey too, of just reclaiming some sense of peace in this, in this, in these turbulent, these turbulent waters, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at the, at the core of us being uh, 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 sexual creatures. And as you just said, that it is, it is all about connection and it's, it's about us being uh, drawn outward out of ourselves to one another. So I think that you, that you take that and all of, all of the, all of the energy that, that, that you feel and you take your gifts and your your talents and you love those around you wholeheartedly and passionately which might mean to to love others well there there will be things that you have to sacrifice and so i think a part of how we are choosing to uh steward our sexualities with whatever kind of um 
orientation that you find yourself with, it does mean laying down a part of your life and your wants and your longings to wholeheartedly love other people well. Do you feel called to celibacy? Being on the receiving end of that question in my counselor's office, it kind of took me off guard, which is kind of surprising considering that I've been single and celibate from the womb. You'd think that this would be a question I'd have actually asked myself or pondered or, or thought beyond abstract terms, but no. This was the first time that I specifically thought about it. Do I feel called to celibacy? What does that even mean? Would it change anything if I was or, or if I wasn't? Up until this point, singleness celibacy had just been the norm, the default, something I honestly didn't give much thought to. It flew out of my convictions on faith and sexuality and, and that was it. But was I just going with the flow? these last three decades, or was there, was there something more I could be doing? Could my life be fuller or, or more clear, more direct, more impactful and fulfilled if I definitively knew in my heart that I was or I wasn't called to celibacy? What would that look like and, and what would that even mean? Author and priest Henry Nowen had much to say about faith, sexuality, and celibacy as he wrote deeply of his internal struggles. And he wrote this. The best definition of celibacy, I think, is the definition of Thomas Aquinas. Thomas calls celibacy a vacancy for God. To be a celibate means to be empty for God, to be free and open for his presence, to be available for his service. I think that celibacy can never be considered as a special prerogative of a few members of the people of God. Celibacy, in its deepest sense of creating and protecting emptiness for God, is an essential part of all forms of Christian life. Marriage, friendship, single life, and community life. Every relationship carries within its center a holy vacancy, a space that is for the first love, God alone. And so my brothers, single, celibate, married, and anything in between, may you empty yourself, free yourself, and open yourself for God's presence this day. Not just clearing away the clutter to squeeze him into wherever corner he may fit, but ever reserving for him the entire dwelling, this sacred vessel, your body, your heart, your life, and your story, beginning middle and end. May all else flow from the filling of this holy vacancy, including our relationships with one another, relationships with our spouses and relationships with friends and each of our fellow man. Let us love the Lord and love one another from this spiritual occupancy, this deep well, full to the brim, drawing from it daily, a well that with faith and with courage will never run dry.
Well, what a beautiful celebration of celibacy. Um, so shout out to our sponsor, Cake, helping us to celebrate <laughs> things. And also a special shout out to uh, to our friend, uh, Ben Daniel Parman, whose Twitter display name right now is Celibate Good Times Come On. <laughs> Um, so wow. thank you, Ben, for helping us to snag that sponsorship and really seal the deal on that one. Wow. You know, I think that's the fastest segue to thanking our sponsor post-benediction mm-hmm. we've ever had. So this it's is clearly important. a celebratory occasion. Thank you, Cake, for being here. Cake um, sent cake. me uh, 25 boxes of cake uh, for for doing all this. <laughs> So I have to go and make make all not my off brand cake. Just <laughs> we want to be very clear. It's cake, just cake. Um, real quick, you guys, vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. <sighs> vanilla. Vanilla for sure, all the way. Ugh. But I like chocolate. Oh, oh, oh. But I don't have I would time say vanilla. For vanilla. <laughs> we don't have time to dive into this conversation. But what we do have time for is your conversation, Yabbers people listening to our show because not everyone listening to our show is a yabber. Um, but if you want to become a yabber, you know how to do that. Please become one. Um, but no, if you want to comment on this episode about celibacy, we talked about so much, you guys, um, whether you're single or married, I would love your perspective on this topic. Um, I would love to know, a, do you feel called to celibacy? Is that something, um, you've considered yes or no? Are you open to marriage one day to a woman? Um, or I guess if you're a woman listening to a man, um, I'd love to just hear kind of starting from there and then let, let the, let the conversation unfold from there. So go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, find the episode 64 post on celibacy and tell us your celibate story. Still sell a story. I don't know. I was trying, I've been trying to make too many celibate puns and there's not really a lot of them. (laughs) Celebrate is the, is the closest I could get. Um, but I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear your journey because we got a lot of great stories in the Yabbers group. So if you're not in the Yabbers group, um, and you want to contribute to that conversation, head over to our website and add yourself to the story. Or y'all know what to do. Y'all should know what to do by now. Call the Yab line. It's the hot new trend. It's what all the cool kids are doing, <laughs> whether they're on Team Jacob or not. Um, 706-389-8009. I love getting calls. I would love to hear some, some, some cell calls from the vol cells or I don't know. No, no. However you self-identify. <laughs> I would love to hear from you. Just give me a call. I love hearing your voice. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot to mention this whole episode, you guys, this was voted on by the Yabbers. I totally neglected to even oh. mention that, that. That We put a poll out in the Yabbers group and this particular topic, we didn't choose it. It chose us. Y'all chose, chose us. it. Yeah. Our, our faithful, wonderful Yabbers who contributed, also contributed some incredible questions in this episode and some some comments and stories. So so big shout out to our Yabbers group. You really did make this episode possible on so many levels um but we'll be back next time with another brand new episode uh and it should be fun whatever it is so for all your other brothers my name is tom my name is ryan my name is jacob reminding you the spoiler from many many minutes ago you are not alone even the sparrow finds a home see you next time everybody bye folks. bye love you everyone thanks for listening to your other brothers podcast Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009.
888-888-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.